Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tan Pants. We each researched a completely random topic. I have no idea what you guys are going to talk about. No clue. Please prepare yourself. This podcast is weird. I'm Max. I'm Isaac. I'm Josh. Welcome to Tan Pants. Well, well, we have with us our our uh, guest Clay, very special guest. Hello, star. thank you for coming to my podcast, Clay Talks. <laughs> These are my guests, Max. Guys, this whole time, Isaac, this whole Josh. time, Clay has been biting us to his podcast. It all makes sense now. We've been trying to keep it on the down low, but, but uh, it's embarrassing, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. We can't make anything of our own. Yep. It's <laughs> always Clay. <laughs> no smooth transition. Who would no. like to go first? No. Oh, Clay. Yes. Uh, host of the podcast, Clay. Also our sponsor. Mine's a, I'm going to read an article. Okay. It's a, I haven't even read it all the way. <laughs> I've read like okay. maybe the first paragraph. Right. All right. <laughs> it must be a good article. Right. But it's called Human Made Stuff Now Outweighs All Life on Earth. What? Whoa. That's pretty insane. That's not true. Because most yeah. things made That's on not Earth true. are made out of things from nature. I believe it. Yeah, what but it, every... It's, Every okay, okay. man in the world. Now, no, no, listen, you got listen. Cities. You this got is what this. I, I guess so. Yeah, but this is what this is claiming. Man-made products outweigh all the living matter. This uh, includes algae and trees and bugs. So we're literally bees. living in a in a man-made. Welcome to the man-made life. planet. If this article yeah. is true, which I have. Right. But go go on, Clay. All right. Humanity has reached a new milestone in its dominance of the planet. Human-made objects may now outweigh all of the living beings on Earth. Roads, houses, shopping malls, fishing vessels, printer paper, coffee mugs, smartphones, and all other infrastructure of daily life now weigh at an approximately 1.1 trillion metric tons equal to the combined dry weight of all plants animals fungi bacteria archaea and protists on the planet you said something very interesting you said dry weight what about wet so, is that just <laughs> so wet first we have to collect all of these things and squeeze all the water out of them <laughs> no uh, no then, it probably just means like like ocean wise and stuff no no dry weight so I weigh a dog. Okay. Dog weighs 90 pounds. <laughs> now, I squeeze the dog. <laughs> no, what about a wet dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a dog squeezed. I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> you might lose it. So pounds. you mean just remove the dog of its moisture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Extract the moisture from the dog, and you will have its dry weight. <laughs> Then why are we well, even I mean, counting was, the dry weight? Was there a person who was like waiting at an assembly line, like counting paper clips? Like, okay, here we go. This is the one. This is gonna. This is it. This is what dips uh, the scale. This paper clip right here. Oh wait, here it is. Dry weight. I googled it. Is your weight without the excess of fluid that builds up in between dialysis treatment? So the weight is similar to that. Is similar to what a person with normal kidney function would weigh after 
urinating. Okay, so first we need to get everything to pee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so without any extra fluid. So we just care about okay. the pee. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care if it's pooped recently. Wait, maybe this is just dry weight referring to like your dry weight. <laughs> what is your, what is a kangaroo's dry weight? Here's a, a website link. What is dry weight National Kidney Foundation? Mm. Ah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that our stuff outweighs every kidney on the planet. The creation of this human-made mass has rapidly accelerated over the past 120 years. Artificial objects have gone from just 3% of the world biomass in the 1900s to on par with, with it today. And the amount of new stuff being produced every week is equivalent to the average body weight of all 7.7 billion people. The implications of these findings published on Wednesday in Nature are staggering. The world's plastics alone now weigh twice as much as the planet's marine and terrestrial animals. Buildings and infrastructure outweigh trees and shrubs. We cannot hide behind the feelings that we're just a small species out of many, says study co-author Ron Milo. What does he know? That's yeah, a what lot does he of action know? Figures. Guy named Milo. Or it might be Milo. Oh, Milo. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. paying attention now. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, wait. It, it tells us what he does. Who researches right. plant and environmental sciences at mm, right. uh, we Wiseman? Wiseman? Institute of Science in Israel. Oh, well, maybe he knows some stuff. Maybe. He's from Israel. He studies the plants over there. He's from Wiseman. Wiseman. Ah, I'm Milo from Wiseman <laughs> University. I mean, okay, so don't make fun. What do you? What do you? No, have? no. I'm. I'm about. I'm about to have. <clears throat> I'm. I'm about to say some words. You ready? Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give my two cents here. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Right. Hold. Hold out your hand. I'm I'll, two. No Hold more. Up. Yeah, just two, two cents. Ready? Here is scent number one. You do not have to draw it out this far. Here is tell us. <laughs> you have no money. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally buy that plastic outweighs all the ocean people. Uh, there are wait, no ocean people. Well, yeah, what's an ocean person? Okay. Wait, like Melanesians? No. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. I meant like shrimps and yeah. flounders. And coral. Listen, I know their average height is shorter, <laughs> but come on. I'm calling them shrimps. Come on, man. <laughs> You're putting words in my sense, okay? Okay, that's scent number one. Scent number two is, of course, a city weighs more than a tree. Trees. If I get a log and a brick. Okay. A log might <laughs> What? <laughs> Where are you going? What are you trying to say? I, like, I mean, he's saying that uh, cities outweigh forests. and Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, yes. especially over time. I mean, forests, they kind of grow and they decay. So right. they kind of have this ebb and flow where they'll get big and they'll kind of shrink and they'll get big and they'll shrink. And a lot of forests, one of their natural cycles is burning down. Right. Like several trees will not germinate unless... They're burned down. Yes, they rot inside so much so that they actually catch fire on the inside. It's like part of the process. Yep. Human cities, they just build up and they never go down again. Because we have air conditioning. Well, we have air conditioning. So we're like, hey, let's let's add another floor to this baby. So he and his team previously published 
an estimate of the amount of biomass on Earth, which led to the question of how it compared with the mass of artificial objects. Artificial, artificial objects being plastic and stuff? or uh, Yes. Okay. Emily L. Hatcham, then a graduate student at the Institute, led the effort to pool together disparate data sets on the flow of materials around the world. The researchers found that human-made or anthropogenic mass has doubled every 20 years since 1900. Total biomass remained more stable in that time period, though plant biomass has declined by approximately half since the dawn of agriculture some 12,000 years ago. Mm. The team estimates the anthropogenic mass crossed over to exceed biomass this year, plus or minus six years. So what what was the product that kind of tipped the scale? I mean, obviously, uh, we started making something 100 years ago a lot. It what, looks like what? it's, like, really recently, it's just concrete. Yeah, Concrete? Yeah. yeah. Think of it like China. They've been doing that big build-out. They've used more concrete than everyone else ever, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Is this like a, those, those, those uh, abandoned cities or? Yeah. Yeah, they have, like, a little chart here that people at home can't see, but... Concrete's the green one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What's red there? Uh, bricks. Oh, so oh, okay. Just cities. Yeah, cities weigh a lot. Oh, wait, concrete weighs a lot. The yellow is aggregates such as gravel. So yeah, so concrete, <laughs> gravel, bricks, mm-hmm. asphalt, metals, and other materials such as plastic. But plastic is like so you tiny. You can't even see it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. We, we we're putting so much concrete out. It makes sense. It's like really strong and you can mix up a bunch of it and pour a whole foundation for something yeah in like a day or two and you know it's very effective stuff it's it's yeah. it's genius it's it's like a chemical mixed it's like a chemical waiting to harden as soon as you add the water it just starts well concrete never fully dries well no yeah it never f- fully cures so it like there was that there's that one webcam i think you were telling me about it clay where they had uh, some concrete, like in a funnel, that hardened. And over time, it was slowly dripping down. Oh, no, that's asphalt. Oh, that's asphalt. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's dripped, I think, two or three times since they did it. Right. One drop. And how how, how long? Like, when did this? Uh, I don't remember. It, it was like decades. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, asphalt's still technically <clears throat> a liquid. Oh, okay. Just a very... A very hard liquid. very strong yeah. liquid. <laughs> I'm going to drop... I'm going to jump in this asphalt. That's technically a liquid. I think, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> the researchers chose to focus only on living biomass and anthropogenic objects that are in use, not waste. With waste, anthropogenic mass began outweighing biomass in 2013, plus or minus five years, and the crossover point is slightly... Later, if water weight is included in the biomass calculations, Mm. the wet weight of the biomass on Earth is currently 2.2 trillion metric tons, and humans are on track to outproduce that figure in 2031, including waste, or 2037 without it. About half of the world's current human-made mass is concrete. That's just what we were just talking about. All that concrete. Uh, the new research 
actually uses a conservative standard to define both anthropogenic mass and waste, says Colin Waters, a geologist at the University of Leicester in England. Lancaster. 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 Welcome to Lancaster. Here's some fish. Welcome to Lancaster. That one. Was that right, Corsara? She says no. no. Uh, close. Lancaster. Lancaster? Lancashire. Lancashire. Like you're bouncing. Lancashire. <laughs> Why is that bouncing? Is that, it has a bounce. Lancashire. Lancashire. <laughs> that, that, was, that was perfect. That was it. That was offensive. Yes. You are now the mayor of I'm Lancashire. <laughs> who had dis- discussed the research in its early stages with Milo, but was not directly involved in the study. Who was this? The the, the lady? Uh, no, it was Colin Waters. Oh, Colin Waters. Okay, so oh, yeah. Colin Waters, what, yeah. what, what was he doing? What was he studying? Uh... He's a geologist. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but uh, was not involved with Milo, but was not d- directly involved in the study. Take, for example, a gold wedding band. The study would measure only the few grams of gold in the band as anthropogenic mass. But somewhere between 4 million and 20 million metric tons of ore were pr- processed to make that tiny piece of metal, Waters said. Yeah. Wow. Similarly, uh, he said, the analyst does not take into account billions of tons of earth moved when mining coal or dredging, taking a more expansive view of human activities into account, he says, would put the point at which anthropogenic mass outweighed biomass in 1977, according to Waters' research. Whatever the moment when humanity's production eclipsed nature, this study points to a larger narrative in which humans are modifying the planet to such an extent that we have created a new geologic epoch called the Anthropocene, says Waters, who has given, who has been active in research seeking out geologic markers of this proposed division of time. The new research also raises alarms for the future, if current trends hold, anthropogenic mass will grow to three times the world's biomass by 2040, Milo says. And his colleagues found, and there are plenty of metals and minerals available to keep this trend going in the near term. All of that new anthropogenic mass will eventually become waste that will have to be dealt with, said Fridrolin Krausman, who studied sustainable resources, resource use at the Institute of Social Ecology at the University of Natural Resources and Life Sciences in Vienna. That was a mouthful. Wow. wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Eventually, we're going to become Wally. Just Basically. Wally. The trash world. And I Basically. saw that movie, and that was all right. Yeah, we get those cool chairs. We get those chairs. We have spent a few generations being fat and useless. Awesome. But then Wally, <laughs> then Wally fixes everything for us, and we land, and hey, it's all I good. I mean, was there anything wrong with Wally's world? I think nothing could live there. I mean, like, no, like, no, like how the could ship. things live there at the end? People on the ship, though. I mean, yeah. they were living comfortable. They were all right. I mean, they were just... Yeah, they just became like a sack of potatoes. I mean, like imagine... In a, in a chair, just being, around, a, being a, a tourist forever. But that yeah. was unrealistic. Those people were must. They, they in real life. They'd yeah. probably be really. In real life, that whole city would have been war 
porn and you have different factions yeah. on the life ship and isn't have that different what they, isn't that what happened in interstellar though they had that space station everything on earth was dying so they made that giant space station at the very yeah, yeah, end yeah. movie and that's great because you just put your trash out into space i guess <laughs> yeah so i mean the big problem i'm him hearing is the trash well we were talking about weight and well i mean weight and all this weight being added to the world not being added just transformed because right. the weight is yeah. just being moved mass right. cannot be created or destroyed yeah so we can move it somewhere else yeah. maybe we just move it to china to china give china yeah. the stuff now the Ant- earth will become lopsided antarctica <laughs> yeah antarctica is bigger than america is it it is uh, There's nothing there. Canada's bigger than America, right? Mm. Barely. Barely, yeah. <laughs> but um, let's just move all of our trash to Antarctica. There's or better yet, Canada. How, how, are you Canada? Supposed, how do you suppose we get yeah. it there? Hey, listen. I it's Oops. my it, it's my <laughs> job to give the ideas. It's your job to think of the solutions. Okay, oh. we're gonna build a warp gate. Okay, I'm Giant. liking it. Between every trash can and Antarctica. <laughs> so anytime you throw away trash, it goes to Antarctica. Nice. Wow. And also, if you jump through. Land, land in Antarctica. You're you stuck can in jump. A bunch you have of trash. to find the right warp well, gate now. Let's not forget what happens in like landfills. So people have like problems, and they just fill this hole with like a bunch of trash, and they yeah. fill it, and they fill it, and they fill it, and they fill it. And uh, sometimes that that mass that they put down there becomes so compact and starts decaying that it actually busts and bursts into flames. Yeah. So. If you put all your your garbage and stuff in Antarctica, pretty soon, well, not Antarctica is going to melt. Years later, <laughs> it's going to blow up, catch on fire. Everything's going to melt, and then we'll all die from the floods. Yeah, but that's like, that's like that's that's future. way that's, that's way out there. That's future Isaac's problem. <laughs> Present Isaac wants to dump things in Antarctica and be cool. I'm all for killing the polar bears. There no, there's nothing down there but penguins. They're not even in the middle. Yeah. They and just hang. They, they hang. When you think about so it, polar bears, bears. They just hang polar around bears the outside. Are just a bunch of white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I'm talking about. The I'm polar just, bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> well, I mean, they are white. They are white. They are white, and they are supremacists. There you have it. I mean, there's there's nothing. They are territorial. There's nothing stronger than a polar bear. There you have it, folks at well, home. Just stop worrying about the polar bears. They're too well, white. I mean, like gorillas. Yeah. With Karate training <laughs> would be very frightening. <laughs> would be very, very yeah. frightening. Yeah, yeah. You can't train a polar bear to do nothing, but a gorilla. Uh, them's yeah. are smart. Them's are smart. Them's are smart. You can train yeah, them to be very scary. Give a gorilla a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> if and you, the world uh, will catch on fire. If you, if uh. you give a gorilla a fish, you feed him for a day. <laughs> give a gorilla a fishing pole, and you run away. <laughs> There you have it. It rhymed. Hey. Mom told me earlier this week she found out about this theory that gorillas and flamingos. No, no. Gorillas, Are the same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> gorillas and peacocks, Um, you know, like the Chower of Babel. Like what? God didn't like make them all different languages. He just turned them into gorillas and peacocks. I, I believe what? it. You've heard that before? What? So I, so I want so this like, to be true. Like, we're <laughs> gonna make so this awesome. tower, y'all. We're all speaking the same language. You understand so people, me? I understand you. 
<laughs> and yeah. God's like, but why? You're a gorilla. You're a peacock. Wouldn't that make I him need- just climb more, though? Gorillas can <laughs> no. climb way better than humans. No, no, no. It was building, not climbing. Listen, ever, uh, ever seen a gorilla build anything? No. Um, yes. I don't know. Yeah. You have? Build bonds of friendship. Oh, that's right. true. Yeah. There's nothing more but the thing is, friendly than the, a gorilla. Yes. The peacock freaked out Darwin. Darwin didn't understand the peacock. There you go. Was, what does that have to do with the Tower of Babel? He was supposedly smart or whatever. <laughs> Darwin's like, <laughs> I am such a smart Darwin. What the crack is that? that? He's like, oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> it is a strange chicken. Oh my. I don't know how to think about that. It's like he never, also think, um, you think he's never seen a peacock in his whole life. Like, <laughs> people eat peacocks? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. But they're too pretty. They're just yeah. like, why would you eat it? Yeah. Uh, I was working on a fence here in Duncan. Okay. And uh, the farmer there had peacocks. Oh, cool. Oh. And he and he kept them like in a, an enclosed area, and they sounded like dinosaurs. Yeah, they sound like make the like, noise. See, tower battle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm just cat. imagining them all making that noise now. Exactly. I mean, that was perfect. I mean, that's a sound. From I mean, up. It, it, it sounds like I didn't do a good job, but, but you did. that was it. It sounds yeah. like Kevin from Up. Yeah, Kevin from Up. I was Kevin from Up. You were. Uh, yeah. I, Please stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What were we talking about? I don't remember. We were talking about pollution. Oh yeah, yeah. Polar, oh, yeah, bears, pollution. Gorillas, polar bears. Yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peacocks. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, all that pollution and stuff. Yeah. 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 It all seems very governmenty, right? Oh, man. It is so governmenty. Yeah, yeah. sure. Josh, well, that might be the to. best segue I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. You know, it also is all about, you know, government conspiracy. Mm. Birds. Ooh. I know where this is going. You're saying there's no such things as birds? I saw a bird I'm not today. going to say that directly. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been making robot birds. What? Who? Because, yeah, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. It's the new thing. <laughs> I must be behind. Max, why haven't you been no, following? You Dude, this is like 2019 news. Every, don't you is, Don't you subscribe to Robot Bird Quarterly? I mean... I, I read... I mean, I must have missed that one. I read January's issue. It was very you know, enlightening. Flying equipment... Airplanes are very expensive. Yeah. yeah. And things can fly into them and, you know, cause damage and stuff. But we don't want that. Okay. And, you know, airports are, you know, wide open spaces. It's a perfect bird habitat. They weigh too much. So some genius made a robot bird. (laughs) And the robot bird chases the other birds away. Gets them all out of the airport. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This isn't... So... (laughs) (laughs) Restart. Hang on. So... I thought you were going to like spy birds. <laughs> I am. I am. But I am. Don't so worry. So the guy made. So, okay. You said that airplanes are easily damaged by birds. Yep. Which and, is true. Which is true. So the guy made a robot bird to chase away other birds at the airport. Yeah. So there Why not make no a mini plane? Ooh, that's. Ooh. Why not just put like a net over the engine? Like a, like a steel <laughs> mesh. Why not just put a so bunch things of. Things don't fall. Why not put. Put a bunch of like frying guys. Pans I on. had an idea. <laughs> we could build these tubes on the ground on tracks. 
They go really fast. I think they're called trains. <laughs> How about we cover the plane in deep we can, fryers? We can hit all the birds. As as we the want. Birds hit the, it turns into fried chicken. <laughs> it turns into fried chicken, and then it serves it to the passengers. Dude, like here come a flock of birds. Prepare your forks. Well, that wouldn't real. That wouldn't be real because if you started cooking birds, you'd be surprised because there's no meat in there because birds aren't real. <laughs> I've heard it all. So. While I was researching robot birds, okay, I came across this organization called Birds Aren't Real. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, uh, how, how, how do you join? Do they have a? Do they no, have it's a- just it's just activists. Oh man! You could buy their merch. It's like seventy dollars a hoodie. Clearly, they have never been dove hunting or duck hunting. No, clearly not. So, who are they? Birds Aren't Real movement have been active since nineteen seventy six. No, hold on. I'm not 100% sure if these guys are just satire or this is straight up. Yeah. (laughs) Birds aren't real. This is their bio. Since 1967, they've been active. Our initial goal was to stop the genocide of real birds. Unfortunately, (laughs) this was unsuccessful. And the government has since replaced every living bird with robotic replicas. Now our movement prerogative is to make everyone aware of this fact. Makes sense, I guess. (laughs) Are you for real? Oh, no way. Grossara is already ahead of you. She's already joined the organization. Yes. She, 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 she's already bought a hoodie. Yeah. She's already into Get it. Get pranked. Get pranked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hate that button. So, they say, we are the voice brave enough to cry out. We are the storm thundering across the horizon. We are the candle in the dark room. Wait, pause. <laughs> pause. For our audience out there, I want you to just imagine Dwight. From the office, oh, you know, yeah. Dwight just sitting next to Jim, talking to Jim. Okay, continue. We are the only hope left this country has. For years, your rights have been violated. We care about that. We care about the government. We care that the government watches you drive to work, eat, and sleep. They see everything from above without an ounce of consent from their own citizens. <laughs> the government should not exist as they separate entity from c- citizens. This is what a democracy is all about. We need to take this country back. You don't have to be a brainwashed sheep. Through the simple act of understanding that a bird drone surveillance is happening on a mass level, we slowly become human again. In our movement, there are beacons of light who run their own state categorized chapters. They have taken the responsibility of assurance and continued in continuation of activism in their communities. We call them the Bird Brigade. They're listed below. Join the Bird Brigade. So here's a lot of links to a bunch of Instagram pages. I I just I can't get over that. We are the candle in the dark room. (laughs) Hold on, like don't hold back. (laughs) What's that light over there? So I started on that dark room. What is that? That's the Bird Brigade. I started watching one of this guy's interviews, and it's absolutely (laughs) hilarious. So I'm going to download the video and put the audio to it. But you guys, I consider myself to be an average American. I wake up in the morning, wash my car, and I have an avid disbelief in avian beings. Maybe you've seen the billboard near the Highland Strip or heard the story on Wednesdays Live at 9. A campaign called Birds Are Not Real brings its efforts to the Mid-South. And this morning, we are joined by one of the messengers of the movement. Peter McIndoe is here to tell us how this all came about. We want to emphasize you were not the founder. No, ma'am. We put the billboard here because we wanted to bring it to the biggest city in the world, you know, the Paris of the West, 
Uh, so we brought it to Memphis, Tennessee. From 1959 <laughs> through 2001, the government mercilessly genocided over 12 billion birds and simultaneously replaced them with surveillance drones in disguise. Sometimes I'll travel internationally, go to the Himalayas, to breathe the drone-free air. So this is really sad. I mean, you don't really believe that that happened, correct? This is a satirical uh, campaign to make the point that what? <laughs> you're, you're looking at me like, no, it's not satire. I really do believe this. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of offensive. Um. Okay. <laughs> we do not find this to be a humorous issue. This is serious. This is life or death. This movement came about in 1976. Um, just to avoid any, you know, liberal media hit job. Since the billboard went up in Memphis, uh, crime has actually dropped by 43%. <laughs> We're expecting the key to the city at any time it's pretty from good. the mayor. There's been a reaction of supporters and loyal bird truthers coming out. Um, bird truthers. Bowing. It's almost become almost like a, like a sacred pilgrimage. This billboard means more to me than my own life. All right, Peter, we appreciate you being with us this morning. Thank you very much. Birdsaren'tReal.com. Where do I sign up? Wow. I, I want know. to join this movement. <laughs> I think the funniest part of they the They truly video are. The candle in the dark room. They are yes. the candle in the dark. Yes, indeed. The thing, like she was saying, like, is this, like, satirical? Like, you're looking at me funny. And he's like, honestly, this is a little offensive. He's like, <laughs> this is no joking matter. Sometimes I go to the Himalayas and, dr and breathe you the drone-free air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. He, I, my favorite part is he's like, I'm a normal person. I wake up in the morning, wash my car. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I wash my car when it rains. Uh, and the biggest city in the world is not. <laughs> what would he say? The Paris Memphis, of the... Memphis, Tennessee. The Paris of the South. Memphis, Tennessee. It's the biggest city. Right. I need to look more into it. Wow. I like how they... Um, Show me where to convert. Yeah. I'm, I, oh, easy. You just buy their merch. It's not a religion, Maxwell. This is, you don't have to swear fealty to anything. <laughs> you just need to believe. It's just, it's, you it's just, just need to like, believe uh, and buy their drip. It's just, <laughs> believe and buy the drip. It's just like Peter Pan. You just got to believe. And okay. then you'll fly like real birds. Okay. Yeah. So there was a massive... like. Genocide, genocide of birds, and then the government simultaneously as they're genociding, them yeah, with drones, with with actual bird replicas. So it looks so good. And you so wait to do what? To stare to at us, stare at civilians. That's scary. As you yeah. go to work, as so you sleep, as you eat, control, complete okay. control. Why wouldn't they just do that with cameras? Hey, listen, <laughs> cameras <laughs> have be, some imagination. Cameras can't be <laughs> shot down. Listen yeah. Here. Out of the That's sky. just a distraction. They're really killing the bees, replacing Ooh. them. This is the truth. Yeah, Clay, that man is working for the CIA. You think this is a joke, Clay? No, this is serious. <laughs> Honestly, this is a little <laughs> billions of bees <laughs> gone. <laughs> uh. oh. Wow, I was not expecting if that. If we hurt any <laughs> activist's feelings, we apologize. No, listen, listen. I am not um, sorry. Yeah. We've already made some promises about our 100th episode. We're going to do it in Osaka. Japan. Japan or no. Oh, just yeah, somewhere just some Someplace called Osaka. We have oh, yeah. Jackie Chan there. No, who 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 are we going to get? The Bubble Man from Florida. Oh, that's yeah, right. Bubble right, Man, yeah. whatever his that's name right. was. 
We will remember your name before we invite you on. Right. He inspires us, and we yeah. don't remember his name. He inspires, he still us. inspires us. Yeah, he right. inspires us. Yeah. And uh, we will also get uh, one of these activists from Birds Aren't Real to come onto the program. Yeah, we'll get that guy from that video. Yeah. I will try my best not to lie. Making a lot of promises here. He'll show up. Hey, hey, hey listen. He'll show up. These are Isaac promises. They're Isaac promises, so you know <laughs> that they're going to be good. So you know it's all Isaac's fault. Yeah. Yeah. I I his think car, his car will be nice. We can. And uh, my car will be so <laughs> nice. <laughs> From his daily wash in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, wow! If you, if you got a if you got a good car, you keep it clean. That's right. Yeah, that's math. That's how math, math works. That's how a man. Matt, jo- uh, Joshua, that was that was very deep. I, I, Thank I, I you. could tell Thank you really you. looked well, into that. No, I looked into it. You really <laughs> researched it. Took me it. an hour <laughs> talking about government. Ooh, more government. Ooh. And talking Ooh. about sticking it to them. Oh yeah, stick them. Ooh. It's time time for bootlegging. We're talking about movies? We're talking about rum running. Oh, oh, oh. Are we talking about pirating music? No, we're talking about uh, the 1920s, man. They didn't have music back then to pirate. Of course they had music. It was just different. Yeah. It was better. 1920s was a myth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, never existed. Okay. Earth has only been around for 200 years. Before the birds. Before the birds. <laughs> well, I'm not specifically talking about bootlegging, but who was the most famous bootlegger? It was uh, it was uh, Slim Jim. In the 1920s. Slim who, Jim boot. Guess, who who was the best bootlegger? Johnny Depp. No. Okay, so, boots. so hang on. Legs. So the best bootlegger. We're talking about the person who physically booted the most beer. So or legged the most boot. For people who don't know what bootlegging is. <laughs> booted the most leg. For people who don't know what bootlegging is or have a rough idea of it, it is the illegal manufacture, distribution, sale of goods of alcohol. Okay, so, so back during the prohibition, it was illegal to drink. Yeah, it was, it was it Al was, Capone. It was illegal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was Al Capone. Right. So Al Capone it. was the bootlegger of the 1920s, as far as I, I know. Spoiler, so, he died. He did die. Yeah, he did. In prison, yeah. right? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. No, he didn't die. He died in Florida. He didn't die in prison. Did he uh, die like in a cave somewhere? Uh, like Josh said, kind of uh, out of the field, we went to Florida. Um, no, we went to Canada. Canada. We went to Canada. That's what you said. Yeah, right. that's right. right. To um, Moose Jaw, right? Moose Jaw? Moose Jaw, yeah. We went to one of his old bootlegging uh, towns right, up in Canada. And uh, they had his, uh, his kind of life story on the wall there. And I think he died in Florida. I like that term. Bootlegging town. It's a bootlegging town. It's a bootlegging town. Yeah. Pretty good. So um, Al Capone, he's a rough guy. You know, he's smuggling all that, all that goods, all that stuff. Right. But there was one thing that he did during the Great Depression that made him seem like not such a bad guy. He danced. No. He set up America's first Tim soup kitchen. What? No, soup kitchen. What? Yep. America's Al Capone first. invented the soup kitchen. I don't know if no, he invented just America's it. first. Yes. Yeah, it was one of America's first soup kitchens. Wow. One of? Uh, Did he invent it? Did he hear about it? He's like, oh, I heard it Nancy says, over there is doing a soup kitchen. All this article Looking says is Al Capone started one of the first soup kitchens. The soup kitchen empl- employed a few people but fed Many, many more. So he fed a ton of unemployed men 
during the Great Depression. He fed them soup. He fed them sandwiches and uh, maybe a little alcohol. No, I don't know. So, like, they're going through a line, Al's in an apron, a ladle. He's like, come on in, get your soup there. Yeah, no, yeah. literally, he, he was. who fed you? He really did. He, there was, there's a picture here. There's I'll a picture you. of him? No, not, not of him. I'm sure there is one of him, but there's a picture of just people lined up, and they went from, you know, Al Capone's all the way down the street. Kitchen. Yep, as Al Capone's Soup Kitchen. It was called Al Capone's Soup Kitchen. Oh, wait, no, hang on. That's not the title. Where's the name of the thing? Was it Whiskey Beats? No, no, no. <laughs> the cops are like, come on, you're just taunting us now. So Al Capone was a gangster who made a fortune during the prohibition during bootlegging or through bootlegging. He had a bit of Robin Hood mystique by being charitable and some of the money he made running Whoa. his criminal criminal uh, enterprise. He was a Robin Hood trader. Nice. Yeah, yeah he was Robin he was Hood. Robin Hood. So he distributed. He distributed illegal alcohol during the Prohibition, uh, the period in the U.S. from 1920 to 1933 when alcohol was illegal, was seen as an as a acceptable, uh, glamorous, even brave thing to do by the, by the public. But it was well known that he had, uh, you know, brutal methods, murdering enemies and, you know, other... He was a gangster. Yeah, he was a gangster, right? He wasn't. He wasn't, wasn't a nice his, guy. Wasn't he? His nickname was Scarface, right? Uh, yeah, they had a scar on his face. Maybe did he? I think so. I I, I remember reading that on the wall in Canada. The wall. The wall. Of knowledge. Wall so of knowledge. He exhorted uh, local businesses, bribing public officials, and intimidating witnesses, and all that good stuff as a gangster would normally do. He's yeah, a right. businessman. He's a businessman. Doing but business. Al business. Capone was um, his intentions were an effort to clean up his image, right? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people are afraid of this guy. He's a bad guy. Blah blah blah. But during the Great <laughs> Depression, bats. Yeah. yeah. During the Great Depression, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make the people you know feel good about me. I might run for mayor one day. Yeah. You maybe. never know. Hey. So uh, 120,000 meals were served by Al Capone. Free Soup Kitchen in the Chicago Turbine headline. Oh, that was the Chicago Turbine he- uh, headline on December 1931. Wow. Al Capone's Soup Kitchen became one of the strangest sights Chicago had ever seen. An army of starving men assembled three times a day beside a storefront at 1935 South State Street, feasting on the lar- largesse. The largesse of Al Capone. The largesse. The largesse. Largesse. Feasting upon like, Al Capone's largesse. Is that the soup? <laughs> that's what, is that what you said? But I looked it up, and it's like his his uh, his goodwill. His his uh, oh, yeah. feasting upon yeah. Al Capone's goodwill. Is that French Canadian for something? Yeah, that's a way to yeah. get people to like you, though. Yeah, yeah man, you know? give him food. Like, take me out for lunch. I'll be your best friend. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. So that's basically what he was doing. And a lot of, I, I watched an interview. They actually had interviews, you know, 1920 interviews that I watched on YouTube. With Capone? With, not with Capone. With people that were eating at his soup kitchen. Okay. And they were all like, yeah, um, I don't know. He's doing a good thing. What he's doing right now is pretty good. He's like, good. all the men were like, you know, I've been to different storefronts and they've, sure, they've given us soup and stuff, but it's just the worst scrap that they had laying around. But Al Capone, he really went out of his way. 
and fed us. So um, we're very appreciative of that. What they sound like? Do they sound like old timey or? Yeah, they sounded old timey. I could probably pull one up. That's like cool. Just, what's it called? The Mid Atlantic. <clears throat> They're like old time radio. Yeah, they Ooh. almost sounded just like that. I was yeah. like, Ooh, cool. Are you here, with Capone? To talk about the soup kitchen. Yeah. I've been walking all around town. I've been seeing a good many places to give the poorest soup I ever got. But this is the finest soup I ever tasted in my life and give my regards to this place. Present and the future. The poor and unfortunates like myself on State Street is begging for a bowl of soup and for a sandwich. We haven't got no work. We can't get no work. We're looking for work. We can't get no work, but we will by someday in the future. Now, gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, when we go to work, friend, get this here work, we'll go wide to work. And wasn't for our friend Al Caponio roping open this here White House on 935 South State Street, we wouldn't eat. So toasting his health, uh, telling the newspapers that Al Capone was doing uh, more for the poor than the entire U.S. government. Wow. Uh, he even offered, you know, some some of them jobs. Al Capone milked his good works for all the favorable public publicity that they were worth. Um, he even came down and walked among the men, uh, the wretched of the earth, offering a handshake, a hearty smile, and words of encouragement. The great Al Capone. From the great Al Capone. Good old Al. Good, good old, old Capone. Al. So, yeah, a lot of people were like, is he doing this for his image? Or is he doing it out of a good cause? Hey, at least he fed that Probably many Probably both. It's a free he, meal. It's a free meal. It's a free meal. Um, there was some like part that actually said how much money he spent. And it was like, is Um, I think it was like a, uh, a month or something. Uh, every month? Mm, I got to make sure before I tell a fib. Right. Don't want to lie on radio. Uh, yeah. I don't want to do that. Don't want to lie anytime. That's bad. Yeah, that would be bad. During November and December, Al Capone's soup kitchen kept regular hours serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Thanksgiving Day, uh, 1930, was okay. a particular uh, public relations triumph for Capone. So they're all toasting for him, you know? Yeah. Right. On that day, he could boast that he fed more than 5,000 hungry men, women, and children with the hel- with the hearty beef stew. The kitchen was demolished in the 1950s but used to be located at the corner of 9th and the State Street. The site is now a parking lot. Oh, it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of sad. He does have a scar though. Yeah, he had that nice. scar on his face. Knife fight. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. So yeah, he uh he 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 started one of the America's first soup kitchens. Al they Capone. call him Good Al. Good Al. Good Al. So at least he he did some good. He did his, some uh, good. There's in good his, Al between there's his, his, Al. his bad, and there's yeah. weird Al. <laughs> there's good Al, bad Al, and weird Al. That's right. Yep. There's an adjective for every Al. Out there's there. all those Al's. My favorite Al is Alf. Alf. There you go. Mm-hmm. So next time you think of uh, soup, a uh, gangster, Robin, uh, cruel man, think about what he did in the 1920s. Through 30s. 
We're not trying to say anything. What We're did Obama do in the 1920s? <laughs> <laughs> Where was you? Trump? Biden, where are you at, man? Where are you? Biden was just a young man washing cars. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. In the Every morning. morning. <laughs> and this guy in the comments of this uh of this. Oh article, yeah, the comments in those the comments. The comments, yeah. Websites that have comments for some He reason. said Al Capone was a good guy who did bad things. Uh, uh, okay. Just because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Thanks, Satan. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Satan. It's Satine, actually. <laughs> that might be one of the best little, maybe little throwaway scenes it's ever. Pretty good. Yeah, but two thousand. Or let me just continue with it. Or finish with this thought. The twenty five hundred that he paid um, is equivalent in the nineteen thirties. Today's money, right. it would be about three hundred ninety one hundred thousand dollars. That's a car. That's a Mr. Beast video. Yeah, so three hundred ninety-one thousand. Mr. Beast Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's a great deal of money he spent feeding these people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Why not six hundred thousand? Yeah. Come on, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Capone. Ah, uh, sh- sh- well, think about it. He ran it from, uh, let's see, the 19... That was just when that picture was taken. He ran it from the 19... From the, the 1920. From the 19... 20. To the 33. 33? Wait, no, 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 no. It's like a decade. Can I still go to this restaurant? That's just talking about the it's prohibition. It's a parking lot now. You mean 1929? Oh. The Depression happened? The market crashed? This is Depression. Yeah. After it, it wasn't crashed. all the time. It wasn't randomly like, hey, let's feed some people. It was actually a need in Chicago. 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 The windy city. The city of the big shoulders. So, shoulders? The big shoulders. So the newspaper Ew. wrote about him. <laughs> the newspaper wrote about what him in it? 1931 on December. They tore it down. 50s, you said? Uh, 1950s. Yep. So that's roughly the time that he was that it was running. And it, was, it served three meals a day. Wow. Hey. Nice. Didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, square meals. Let me give you a different end so you maybe you can segue to it. Okay, whatever it is, I'll segue, no matter how painful. Al Capone did bad things, but he also did something good. You know what else is good? Uh Jesus. Yeah? You know what else is good? You know what else else? What? I think the pizza's getting cold. The pizza's cold? Oh, not the pizza. How could it get any worse? You know where they were? Where? Underwater. Right. Uh, (laughs) I helped you without even knowing it. You helped me a little bit. Okay, so um, I was doing some reading about uh, sound. Right. And how sound works. And I thought I was going to talk about that. And then I figured out um, what the loudest animal in the world is. It's a sperm whale. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to talk about that. But then I read about these people who go and study sperm whales and the methods they use to do it. And I'm actually going to talk about that. But before I get there, I need to talk about all three of these things briefly. So when you make a noise with your mouth, it registers in decibels. So human speech... It's not very loud. Maybe a couple decibels. It can get up. 
It can get up. You you can get pretty you loud. Can scream. You can scream pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, a jet plane, I think, is a 160 decibels. Yeah. But um, in air, there's actually a limit to how loud something can be. Really? Like, because air is actually vibrating with these sound waves. That's what makes sound. Sound yeah. is just air that's vibrating. Okay. So air can only vibrate so much. Is that why blind people can still play music? Yes. They can feel the vibration? Yeah. <laughs> or deaf people. They can hear it. I meant to say deaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not blind. But they do. Because, you know, yeah. you can close your eyes. Both of those are true. Um, people also can echolocate because of that. Uh, cool. Yeah, you can learn how to echolocate. It's hard, but you can do it. There, There's one dude who can actually ride a bike, and he just clicks. He's able to bike around just clicking. Is it a loud click or is it a soft click? Um, it's it's it's. Because I would imagine it had to be pretty loud. He says um, he can tell what something is from across the table. Like if you hold up a grape, because that's a grape, a grapefruit. That's a Whoa. grapefruit. Is apple. he really blind? It's an apple. Yeah, he's blind. That's I don't cool. believe it. But anyway, so things only get so loud in the air, but in the water, Ooh, so much more Ooh. to vibrate. So much more to vibrate there, and things can get. So much louder. He can get hot. Get hot. Burping. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Stop burping. I'm like, uh, uh. I almost yawned too. <laughs> yeah. A so anyway, burp. a Europe. So um, these sperm whales, same kind of thing, echolocation, and they click. They make this clicking noise, okay. and uh, this clicking noise can register like 260 decibels. Whales do this. Sperm whales. They're like the loudest things ever. A sperm whale can talk to another sperm whale on the other side of the planet. What? They can yeah. click to each other. Yep. So um, these guys were trying to study these sperm whales, you know. So they go out on the boat to where the pod is. They get down in the water and try to study them, record these clicks, you know. And uh, they'd have their scuba gear. They'd have their little rovers. And the whales were like, this is weird. And they'd swim away. Naturally. Naturally. And so one guy was like, hey, what if we free dive? Without any equipment? No equipment. We just hold our breath and go underwater and we free dive. Okay. And this worked. The whales would actually invite them in. What? Yes. What did that look like? It like... Two clicks for coming in, one click for no? So the way that the... They were able to register the clicks and measure them. And uh, a click is, comp- is composed of like a million little tiny clicks ah. in a sequence. And they're not random because they can measure it and say, okay... This was this click of a hundred thousand clicks, and it wow. repeated it seven times, then did something else, and then went back to that same click. Whoa. So they're actual clicks they're actually doing. They're repeating them. They're not random. And they could tell when a sperm whale was clicking just to see you, just echolocating. And they could also tell when a sperm whale was actually trying to talk, because it was a different kind of click. And they would stop trying to figure out where you were. It was very, very weird. And these people who are down in the water, the clicks are so loud, they have to wear ear protection or else they could blow out their eardrums. Okay. And one dude, uh, when they first did this, the sperm whale was clicking and coming at him, this big old whale. And so he kind of puts out his hand, you know, to keep the whale from bumping into him. And he touched the sperm whale's nose. His arm was paralyzed for four hours. Paralyzed because of the noise? Yes. That vibration hitting Ugh. his hand just point mm-hmm. blank. I mean, paralyzed for four hours. That would be yeah. pretty intimidating mm-hmm. to have a sperm whale touch your hand. It's it's mm-hmm. it, it's very very interesting because these whales, you know, have if, if you picture a whale opens up its mouth and filter feeds, 
Okay. Sperm whales have eight-inch teeth. Eight-inch teeth. They don't filter feed. Eight inches. Wow. That's not very big for a sperm whale. These things eat these giant squid. Oh, okay. They're a, they got big old chompers, and if they wanted I, to, they could totally eat you. I was thinking something like three feet. Three feet's impressive. Eight <laughs> inches, I'm not sure about that anymore. But these whales, they don't bite. They don't click so loud they hurt you. They just they just want to know, know what you're about, and they click at you. So they're just like a giant cow. Like a gigantic cow. Loud cow. But really, really, really smart. Um, huh. Studying their clicks... They think they actually have language, like they can talk. They think they have names. They think they tell each other stories. What? They do this thing like every, like four times a day, they stop swimming and they point straight up and down, just motionless in the water, just pointing up and down like gigantic oh, pillars. like in Star Trek. Yeah. Um, Star Trek kind of did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they the, did. The spaceship that. stood right up. Yeah, yeah, it, the spaceship did that. But they discovered this behavior in 2008. Yeah. And that movie was made, I think, in the 80s. Uh, so this is, they only recently discovered so this. So what you're saying is sperm whales watch Star Trek. They yeah. watch and they love it. <laughs> they love okay. Star Trek. Because and, Star Trek and, and sperm whales The whole whales time that they're aliens. up and down like this, they're clicking at each other. Yeah. Mm. So they're no, longer orient, or, they're no longer orienting their bodies to pick up sonar. Okay. They're just straight up and down, clicking at each other. Now, that's the cool thing about the whales. What I really want to talk about are these free divers. Oh, so he's not even into his topic yet. That's boring. I want to hear more about the whales. Okay, uh, these free divers when they're down the whales, uh huh, the clicking happening around them, it vibrates the insides of their bodies <laughs> and actually heats up their body, and so they can't stay down there for too long, or else they'll they'll cook. Really? They'll get cooked. Yeah. So they have to get out and like cool off outside of the water as the sperm whales are doing their thing. Wow, it is so strange. But anyway, so these guys who decide to free dive, something happens to your body when you free dive. Like, how long can you hold your breath? I want to say maybe a minute. A minute? Yeah. Max, if you go in the water and swim down, you could probably hold your breath without trying very hard five minutes. If I go in the water and swim down? Yes. How down? Down enough to where you don't float anymore. So five minutes? Yeah. Why? Because in those extreme pressures, your body changes. Your blood changes, your lungs change, your brain waves change. Are you making this up? No. You, you think they were down there smoking? This is mushrooms? called. This is a. They call it <laughs> a. Down there smoking pot. It's called a. <laughs> it's called. We're, we're free divers. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna go down there. We're gonna free dive. Oh, no. It's gonna be great. It's gonna change us. It's gonna change the world. Turn into fish. <laughs> Turn into fish. Um. It's called a mammalian dive reflex. Okay. And they didn't know people could do this up to like 30 years ago. I mean, there there have been stories of, you know, people over in Japan 100 years ago diving 1,000 feet down and staying for 15 minutes underwater what? to get sponges and pearls. That's and scientists time. are like, that's impossible. A human being cannot do that. Well, last year, a guy went down 800 feet for 12 minutes. What? Okay. But how did he get back up? He swam. He swam up? Yeah. So he was just, he was willing to die. <laughs> well, he knows what he's doing. As far as he can. He knows what he's doing. It's the weirdest thing because when you go down to those, those pressures, your lungs actually shrink. Okay. And your liver actually gives off oxygen it was storing. 
But our liver has oxygen. Yes. So we went, so there's only two circumstances when your liver does this. If you're in a major car accident and have major trauma, okay. you're losing blood, your liver will release oxygen it's been storing into your bloodstream. How old is this oxygen? How so you're saying it's just it's always storing oxygen. So down. you're saying oh. stale. <laughs> it's stale <laughs> oxygen. It's like you haven't been using this often. So what you're saying is I have a superpower. You do. That I did not know about. We all do. Wait, wait but how long has it been storing? Like just forever? Since birth? It's probably always cycling through. Like you always it's always like, replenishing. Like, this is your baby oxygen. <laughs> this is your baby yeah. oxygen. This is it. This is all you got. But when you go down to those pressures, the same thing happens. Your liver releases that extra oxygen, and it gives you almost like a runner's high. Whoa. And when you're running, and you, yeah, get that yeah, sec- yeah. you get a literal second wind. Okay, so I have heard that humans are one of the only creatures in the world that can actually run indefinitely. Yeah. Theoretically. I mean, if you train enough, you train your body, you can literally run forever. Yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, look at Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump yeah, did Forrest it. Gump. Yep. There's a, our prime example of the yeah. thing. I mean, you say that as a joke, but listener, you can do that. Yeah, you you literally the can. Human, you can run. You can not beat in a race, but you can outrun a horse. The horse yes. would have to stop before you would. Right. Human beings are unique. When it comes so to you're saying we have the exact, well, not the exact, but a similar uh, ability to hold our breath underwater? Yeah. Whoa. Comfortably. Comfortably? Yes. So it's not like No, you're not in, you're not in pain and shock the entire time. There's also they they, they call it a, a a diver's high. Okay. Where when you get to a certain depth and you feel euphoric. I what? You feel euphoric. That means you feel really nice. Really happy. Oh, really okay. like all like you're smoking the pot. <laughs> you okay. can you can get that by going really deep underwater. Whoa. Yeah, I looked it up. It was a guy ran three hundred and fifty miles straight. For 80 hours and 44 minutes without sleep in 2005. Wow. Is that the record? Yeah. That's pretty far. How many miles again? 350 miles. That's a long way. 80 hours. That's how many days? How many miles? That's, that, that's a little, little over three days. How many, what's, how many miles does it, how many miles is it from uh, across America? Across America? Yeah. That's like 2,000 miles or 3,000 miles. Thousands. Okay. Only a few minutes. I've seen Forrest Gump. Like this clip is really few. short. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, I guess the last thing I'll talk about the divers is kind of how uh, I talked about how your do liver does before they go. Do they eat one hour before they go swimming? I don't know. Yeah, do they there's go like a, on a a week fast? There, there's there's one method of doing it where um they go down with no air. Uh, is like that they free diving? No, no, no. Like before you, go, and then you dive. Isn't that what free diving? There's is? some diving where you go. And then go down. They oh, so breathe, they go down with they breathe uh, out through air and then they go down. Okay, with uh, no breath of air. How does that work? It does. <laughs> and like, how does that work out for them? Wait, wouldn't that just be the same thing? Letting it out above water versus letting it out underwater. Well, the thing is, it no, doesn't okay, matter. So, so how does that, as soon as they dive in, what triggers all they have to do is they have to swim around and they have to find the coins, and that gives them more air. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it oh, works in real life. Yeah, I know. Okay, so um, as soon as your face. Hits water, your metabolism changes a little bit. Or not metabolism, just chemically something in your body changes a little bit. And okay. then once that pressure starts pushing down on you, and your lungs get smaller, and your organs get squeezed, Ugh. then something else happens to you. So it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't what feel like it is. I just get a bowl, put it in my face, put on like a corset, and just tighten it. 
What? I'll I'll get I'll get the I'll get the high. Sure. You have to okay. hold your breath as you're doing it though. All right. But Let's yeah, um all right. It's just squeeze clay. <laughs> just squeeze clay. Uh so one thing I didn't know about water. So if it's you wet. go if you go in the water, you can drink it. You can drink it, it's wet, and you float in it, right? Yeah. If yeah. you go down thirty feet, right, the physics change. You no longer is water trying to push you up. Now water is on top pushing you down. Ooh. And you start to sink. Okay. With no um you don't you don't have to you don't have to wave your arms or swim down anymore. Once you hit thirty feet, you're going down. Because there's you, a lot of weight on top of There's weight on top of you pushing down now. Because the okay. reason you float is because you have water beneath you holding you up. Could and the opposite still, becomes true after thirty feet. Could you still flap up like it? Yeah. You can. Is it um, harder? It's harder, yeah. It's harder Whoa. to get back up when you go down. Sounds scary. It is scary. It's very scary. I mean, people go down. Like a to, metaphor for life. Yeah, people go down to darkness. Sweet. People, uh, back. I mean, back in the day, before modern times, this was people did this all the time. If you had people living by the water, you would free dive. It was just something you would do. I mean, like we got to go get those pearls down there, eighty feet. I mean, there's. <clears throat> I mean, there's nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. Go, <laughs> go get them pearls. You can go, go pillage go a village. It's like yeah. thing. Oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. Hey, you want to dive forty feet underwater? Yeah, forty sure. feet. Try four hundred feet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because I, the old time records in Japan was a thousand feet. That's pretty far. One thousand feet for fifteen minutes. Okay, so the descent took them how long? Is it is the fifteen minutes all together, or is the fifteen minutes when he reaches holding your breath? Okay, so the moment he <gasps> and dives. Begins, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's fifteen minutes from that point. Yeah. Not 15 minutes from when he's yep. there at 1,000 feet. And because you're holding your breath and your lungs are compressing and uncompressing, you don't get the bends. What is the bends? So if you're scuba diving, you go down really deep, and then all of a sudden you go up really fast, yeah. you could get the bends. Oh. And that's, you have, it sucks, it's awful. Um, you get bubbles of air in your bloodstream. Oh. And these bubbles expand as you go up. Ouch. And it's terrible. You're in horrible pain. I have to emergency, like, medevac you to a decompression chamber that acts like deep sea, puts major pressure on you, like, inside this can. But what if you don't? What if you don't? You could die. Oh. You could destroy your destroy your veins. Yeah. But if you're free diving, you don't have that problem. Because you're always, you're not doing anything. Because it's just like, a if, if you have a, a, a bag of chips... And you go in an airplane, you know, it puffs up a little bit or it decreases yeah. a little bit, you know. But if you add something to it as you're up there, when you go back down, it'll burst or vice versa. Oh, okay. okay. So the oxygen you take with you and you're breathing down there yeah. causes your lungs not to compress. Well, you're not breathing. You're not adding in anything new. Oh. So it compresses and decompresses normally. So you know like soda? They make okay. all those cans like, you know. 300 million miles under the sea when they bring them up they explode when you open them oh so that's oh. why they fizz and like get yeah. all over my that's pants. why they're so cheap yeah so it was so not expensive oh yeah disclaimer that's not true that was a joke yeah that was that was a great joke joshua sorry um i saw one video of this guy he he goes underwater he picks up a big old rock and starts running with this rock just to get him down faster oh yeah so he jumps in the ocean with a rock he jumps <laughs> in the ocean finds a rock <laughs> And starts running with this rock. And the other thing, I think this only works in seawater. Wait, 
So I fresh can't water is more I can't dangerous. Can't do this in my bathtub. I no, you can't do it in your bathtub. <laughs> uh, if, if 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 you go fresh water, I think you can, but it'll be more dangerous. Is so it because of the density of the salt? I think it's the density of the salt or something something like that. It's your body is made to dive in ocean. No. Yeah. Wait. What if you do it in like in the Dead Sea? Dead Sea, it'd be Ooh. harder because there's so much salt in there. Because you can't you can't really float. You can't go down. You can't really sink very well in the Dead Sea. You would have to get some weights on you. But yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah. I saw a guy throw a bowling ball into it and it floated. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. That'd be hard. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just like almost a hundred percent salt. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> you guys want to go rolling from salt? This exactly. Wet. Yeah. It's amazing. It looks cool. I'd like to go. Yeah. Yeah. It does look cool. But anyway, I've been, but we weren't allowed to run. I I was running oh, to jump into it, but uh, they had there's like tons of sinkholes around the area. Like resorts have been built next to the Dead Sea. Have been have since fallen into the earth because it's just dead and open and everything's sinking. Wow! So I didn't want to fall into a and die a, a earth hole, a, a death hole. Yeah, no, you'd be fine. I'd probably be okay. <laughs> Take it to the death hole. You would catch anything in the death hole today? Exactly. It's like Shelob's lair. Death. That's where One-Eyed Willie hid his treasure. Exactly. One-Eyed Willie. So yeah, so I started off. Thinking about noise, found the loudest thing ever, and I found these crazy people who hold their breath and go down to crazy depths. And, and they, it's it, a it's a perk that God gave us that we just don't know about. It's crazy. I didn't learn. How to Our swim. bodies do that. You don't know how to swim? Yeah, I don't go often. I never learned how. I mean, you don't every really, time I yeah. I do get the chance to swim, I try to. You don't. You can't swim. No, I haven't. Gone okay, listen, days. listen, listen. People say I don't know how to swim. That's not true. Because I know if anybody I get thrown in the if ocean, you throw someone in the water and you don't know how to you know move, yeah, you'll sink if you're an idiot. If you don't, but it's move. pretty basic, you know. Just I understand that. Yeah, I can't like just... uh, swim like like swim swim where you're like. Ugh. Well, yeah, I yeah, mean, I can't do that. If you throw me in a in a room with a bear and tell me to run as fast as I can, I may not be able to run fast enough or long enough. I need to train. Same thing with water. I mean, if yeah. you, if you want to swim across this lake, you need to train a little bit first. If you want to go free diving, you got to train a little bit first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fish everything. Water. I can't even go underwater and open my eyes. No one does. The free no, they divers don't? they wear masks. Oh, I can do it. They got a big old mask I've over done their it face. Before. So there aren't people that go underwater and open their eyes. I do. There, it there, look children do. Yes, I do all the time in fresh water, not salt water. That would fresh. Yeah, kill oh. you. That that would, really, it wouldn't kill you. It would just hurt. It really hurt bad. a lot. Yeah. There's one last fact. It was about how you're broke. Oh, broke. I have no money. I have no money. No, it was a um, running gag. Isaac doesn't have any money. Get pranked. Get, get One pranked. day he's going to have money. Yeah. So much money. So much. But um, oh, the last thing. The last thing. What was it? Enough to knit a sweater for a cow. Cow sweater. Horse. Horse sweater. Llama sweater. Seahorse. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, uh, sperm whale. No. Sperm whales don't need that because it'll just get wet. And it's not profitable. But then he could tell all the stories to his other sperm whale friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, sweater. Right. So where this gets really dangerous is when you go to the sport, freediving sport. Oh, because then people are people challenging. people are trying to go down farther than they, they should. Oh, right? boy. So um, when you're freediving, just like regular swimming, your body will say, I think it's time to go up. Yes. And if you just listen to that and go up, you'll be okay. But these freediver guys who are doing it to break records, they're like, a little bit deeper. I'm almost there. Almost there. Just another 150 feet. 
Just one more episode. Just one more episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's when you have these really big problems. Um, It is very dangerous. People have died. Uh, I think that the champion female free diver a couple years ago died. Mm. Um, She wasn't even trying to break a record. She was just with her friends off the coast of, I think, Greece. Really nice water. Wasn't that deep. Uh, She just went underwater and she never came back up. They have no idea what happened or where she went. Her body never got recovered? No, once you go down that deep, you don't float. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're just gone. But um, there's also this other thing called uh, 10-feet blackout or 5-foot blackout where it's like the last 5 feet and you blackout. Oh, wow. The pressure change, like when you go up, you need to breathe out. Whatever's in your lungs, that last 15 feet, you just breathe it out. And if you don't do that, uh, the bends thing you're avoiding, yeah. you get a kind of, you get its mean little brother. The blackout. The blackout. And you, so you get blackout. You get Ben's brother. You get so Ben's brother. Cody. So you're saying <laughs> if, you, if you inhale, that oxygen is staying in your lungs. So if you go down far, far enough. Well, it turns to nitrogen. Oh, whoa. You take all of the oxygen out of it. And it changes into something else. Like you're chemically, something's happening. That's why you're staying down so long. Right. Your body's like, okay, just like the Martian. We're like, we've got to do some chemistry here to survive now. Your body does that inside of you. Okay. And chemically does something to the oxygen that's still in you to make it last longer. Hmm. And wow. then whatever's left in you, you got to breathe out as you go up. Okay. So if I'm drowning, I need to go down. <laughs> if like, you're, I don't think a that's a good idea. We do not advise to do this. We do. That's a very bad idea. I, I would, uh, I would advise uh, if you want to free dive, uh, find some people who do it. Find an instructor because there are instructors who'll teach you how to do it. Right. Um. It, l- it looks amazing. I've seen some videos of these guys free diving. It's incredible. To talk to these people, you gotta like take off your shirt. You gotta climb this mountain. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta jump off you the bridge with worthy. the. You have to uh, at the top of the mountain. You have yes. to renounce you, your belief yeah. in birds. That's right. <laughs> you have to denounce your belief in. You birds. You have to stand in line at the soup kitchen with Al Capone. That's right. Get hooch. Get wrecked, yeah. birds. Birds are just lame fish. And then you have to yeah. take out your trash because you're making too much waste on the planet. <laughs> All right. So do we like who? This is a long. Are we gonna do like this is a long one? So. We might have to edit this one down a little bit to probably Gosh. get. I edit all of them. Excuse me. That's why I'm looking at you. Yeah. If if you can get this one to 60 minutes, that'd be amazing. Dude, I Do your like, job. I spend like 30 minutes every week editing these. That's things. it. Yeah, I have like a thing where I like I speed that's not bad. up. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Like the YouTube speed up thing, I put cool. it on time. Make speed. us sound smart. Don't make us sound dumb. Gotcha. Yeah, cool, mine cool. had a lot of yeah. empty space in it. Make you sure you just... cut this part out. <laughs> yeah, don't don't I'm make leaving, like a chip tone. I'm leaving that. Don't. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun noise you, you made there, Clay. That for the whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just loop it. Okay, so uh, who here brought the best topic? Oh yeah, they're supposed to debate. There's a debate. I really like Joshua's birds aren't real. That was I got funny. robot birds. Robot birds. Yeah. That was honestly pretty funny. I did not. I would never have. Like if you asked me. What did Josh bring? And I but were to guess. Could that would robot never be. birds beat Al Capone Soup Kitchen? I don't know. Al Capone no. Soup Kitchen was pretty cool, right? I didn't Al know Capone, that about Al Capone. Al Capone's an experienced man. Bird. He's got. He's probably got Tommy guns. He's got. Oh yeah, he got all robot the birds. He's got the stuff. Could catch him in the act of his crimes. Nah, they, that's probably how they got they him. Spying, but yeah. everybody knows Al Capone. You know, he did criminal. But stuff. He did good stuff. He did. You can't he, deny he fed that people. He fed. Yeah, I liked Isaac's. Those whales. 
Those yeah. whales, man. Their power. I talked right. about a secret human power you didn't even know you had. Yeah. This is true, but technically yeah. it's not my power. It's the ocean's power. Over you. Well, No, sure. it's the chemicals in your body reacting to the ocean's power. That I don't know. I just still think that's so crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You can hold your breath for longer if you are underwater. Who would have known? Who would have known? Yeah. I didn't. Your lungs shrink down to the size of a baseball. That's weird. The other, other week when we sounds painful. gutted that cow, Yeah, we saw the liver. It was like this rubbery. That was gross. I don't want to talk about that. I had to block that out. It was like a... Stop. No, no, no. It no. wasn't big like was meat. It? It, was, it was like this big. It was a cow. It was huge. Uh, yeah. Big. Big. The thing, it was like rubber. It was like a piece you of wiggly rubber. never anything, did you, Isaac? No. No. Never did. At first, I was real squeamish, but I got used to it. That's good. That's good. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, birds aren't real. Birds aren't Get real, guys. It. Listen, guys. Yeah. Birds are not real. Sheep people. Yeah. You sheeple. So thank you for once again joining us here on Tan Pants. I've been one of your hosts. This is Isaac. Josh. Max. Clay. All of us are signing off. You guys have a lovely rest of the day or night or whenever Goodbye. it is. You're- and your ears have been appreciated oh, for listening. That sounds weird. No, they're just ears.